Welcome to another episode of the Pacific Islanders podcast. Today we'll be discussing animals of Australia. My name's Mara and my co-hosts are Ryan, Andrew, and Matthew. So today I'll be talking about koalas or koala bears as many people know them by, but they are inaccurately named because they are not actually a bear, they are a marsupial. The name koala derives from the aboriginal word meaning no drink, which comes from the Dreamstime story from an orphan boy named Kubor who was constantly ill-treated and neglected by his relatives and he would just find himself going up into a gum tree and eating the leaves of the gum tree and he wouldn't have much water and he found himself living there eventually just living in this tree and that's like where like koalas came from from this Dreamtime story and so since koalas eat gum tree leaves which is a eucalyptus leaf they often smell like eucalyptus and very like minty um they also eat brush box paper bark and bloodwood trees um the aboriginal have also given them so many different names with different spellings a lot of them sound very similar to koala but some of them are spelled a lot differently and sometimes even sound differently too um koalas are at the top of the totem for like First Nation people. So like when they would build like a totem pole, mm-hmm. they would often be at the top. So um, they're often a symbol of relaxation and like laid back carefree nature because of how they just live in a tree, kind of do their own thing. Yeah, living in a tree 24-7, just eating leaves. Yeah. Kind of sounds like a good life for some people. A very good life. And they don't have to very rarely interact with any other koalas or people or anything of the sort. They're kind of just to themselves, kind of like hermits. Kind of like um, introverts or antisocial. Right, yes. Okay. I can relate to a koala on a personal <laughs> level. I think a lot of people wake up and feel like a koala on some days. Definitely. Definitely. Especially on like Fridays or Saturdays. Maybe even sometimes Monday mornings. It's like, you know, when you want to get up and go to work. Or not want to go to work, but you have to go to work, but you don't want to. You want to just koala out the whole day. Koala out. You know, just just (laughs) koala out the whole day with just, I don't know, just get fat on Twinkies and and watch uh, (laughs) the Vampire Diaries. I don't know. (laughs) What else you got? Um, Aboriginals have lived in northern Australia for at least 65,000 years, and some believe that Aboriginals have been there since the creation time. And giant koalas, so there used to be an older species of a giant koala, died about fifty thousand died out about fifty thousand years ago. So it sounds like there's like an overlap between these Aboriginal people and giant koalas, which are I'm not sure how much different they are now, but they are they were one third larger than koalas. Really, now. in an over exaggeration of giant, right? Like so, uh, just saw like. Slightly larger koala. That's a giant koala. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, normally, the, I mean, normally the, the, the word giant, I mean, I feel like in a lot of people's minds, normally, um, like, the image a lot of people get when you say giant, okay, you know, mastodon yeah. or a giant short-faced bear, giant sloth, you know, those animals were actually giant. They were, you know... Like, three or four times the size of their right. animal. Yeah, right. Not a third. No. <laughs> not a, definitely not a third. And like you mentioned with the giant sloth, it, they really do kind of have sloth, sloth-like qualities, with yep. like hanging in a tree, being antisocial. Yes. 
the difference I feel like between you know just sloths and koalas is that koalas are a little bit more quicker with everything that they do. Sloths, I mean they, yeah. I mean they practically move in like <laughs> slow motion. It's almost like you're watching the Matrix with Neo. I mean you're just. And not it's to, just like really, really slow. Not to feed into the tangent or anything, but uh, yeah. sloths have such a slow metabolism that they can uh, pass away from starvation because they just don't eat fast enough. Yeah. Oh <laughs> which, which can is, they really? Yes. I it, did not know that before. I did not. And the same was, thing with koalas—they don't like. They take up so much energy eating these yeah. eucalyptus that, like, that's all they eat. Eucalyptus is, and like that's a why terrible, they're in the yeah terrible form of energy from yes. food. But I, I'd say that their digestive tracts have gotten, you know, just kind of like over time, evolution, evolution wise, have gotten used to that. Right? It's squeezing I mean, every bit of it uh, that it can out of those eucalyptus leaves, yeah. but it's just not like their bodies. Um, I remember Miss Carlotta was saying how. Um, koalas, the reason why I think, like she said, like one of the reasons why they're just so tired all the time is like their bodies use so much energy trying to digest those eucalyptus leaves that yep. once it's the process is fully completed, I mean, they just sleep, they just sleep the whole day. That's so it's kind of like, yeah. you know, yeah. You got anything else? Um, that's all I had. What did you find most interesting about your research? Um, I think the thing that I found most interesting was honestly like, the giant koala, like how it's not even that much bigger, <laughs> and like, I don't know. I feel like it's just like, why would you call it a giant it, koala? Yeah, it is a little funny. When it's just like, it could Large just be koala. like a larger size of koala. Yeah. I mean, imagine what people think, like what people, uh, you know, like picture in their heads when you bring up, you know, oh, giant koala. I mean, they're probably I'm thinking, thinking of about like a bear. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah, like a koala, like a koala, like a koala, koala bear. Koala. Yeah, like a koala bear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I have kangaroos and, uh, kangaroos are found only in Australia and their name comes from Gongaroo, which was the name of the Aboriginal people that, oh. for kangaroos. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like how, uh, like a lot of Australian tribes or people, their name is like their word for now. Yeah. So, so it's very similar to that. It, the name of the people is the name for kangaroos. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and uh, kangaroos are the world's largest marsupial, and a red kangaroo can weigh up to 200 pounds and grow up to six and a half feet. So, you know. <laughs> Which we have said it so many times, but a six and a half foot kangaroo is yeah, terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> that pretty much anybody is going to be looking up to that thing. Yeah. Just absolute unit, just like you know. What if the person that's in front of the kangaroo is also six feet? I'm six foot three. Six foot six is still, and you know these kangaroos are just like like ripped and muscular. Yeah. Honestly, I'd yeah. I'd like to see a boxing fight. I think there's a lot of videos. There's a, there's <laughs> a lot of videos. Yeah, there actually is a video on YouTube about two kangaroos going at it in like some like yeah. outdoor bar yeah. <laughs> and this guy is just videotaping the whole thing and one of them gets thrown onto the table and almost just like two humans yeah. are going at it but it's just two kangaroos <laughs> and it's, it's funny to that's watch. That's the like thing that uh, you have to think about is like usually when somebody thinks of an animal they're thinking of something that has like four legs and yeah. it walks on four legs. A kangaroo is a two-legged animal that, that literally has box arms. You. It's like almost human. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. Uh, bipedal. That's the word I was trying yeah. to think of. It, it, it does have a human-like look to it. Yeah. 
I feel like if their like if their faces were like any more, I mean, if they got like shorter, like evolution, yeah, evolution yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah it, it, I really feel like they would maybe take on a human-esque appearance. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, you know. Yeah. Because they're already bipedal and their hands already. Yeah, kind of look like hands. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, So there are six main species of kangaroos in Australia. Um, Red kangaroo is the biggest, and then just from there goes eastern kangaroo, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They just keep getting smaller. And um, kangaroos are, like, running rampant in in some parts of Australia, and they're becoming, like, a problem, kind of like rabbits that we'll get to. Yeah, I was going to say. And they mostly eat like grass and like ferns and flowers so like thankfully they're not carnivores yeah yeah um and they don't have like very many like predators because one of their like main predators the thylacine became Mm -hmm. extinct which i think was also in it was like the 1920s yeah tasmania yeah uh I think they didn't wolf. they. I think it was Tasmanian wolf. I can't remember. I think they originated in Tasmania yeah. though, and then Probably. branched yeah, out yeah, yeah. to like mainland Australia. Tasmania, Australia, and New Guinea are like so close to each other. Not to get off topic, but I mean it does have to do with the thylacine. Apparently, they're actually trying to revive that yeah. <laughs> along with uh, oh, that mammoths even, and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's through, crazy. Uh, genetic, genetic, whatever. We're getting Please. closer and closer every day with uh, cloning. Yeah. So. Maybe. So we'll have stormtroopers. I w- which, not to continue this tangent, but I, I, do, I do wonder if that will ever get to a point where they'll reintroduce species like that so that kangaroos do have a natural predator. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, yeah. the nature will rebalance itself in that scenario. I feel like it could help, but at the same time, it just like, we have no idea. just I become mean. a... Insane disaster. I um yeah. I read somewhere that dingoes also prey on kangaroos yeah, from yeah. time to time That's as well. Like, yeah. Maybe not as much as the thylacine, but they do. Um, I mean, yeah. a wild dog will eat anything. Yeah. They like they eating. like mainly eat like kangaroo young, so like the joeys and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot easier to catch. Yeah. So, um, and <laughs> kangaroos, like they often like reside around like, like sitting water, so like lakes and stuff, mm-hmm. because. It's hard for them to, like, find water. So that's, like, also, like, kind of, like, a predator of them. And they're, they're known to dig a meter down into the earth to find water. Yeah. And a meter is, like, three feet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And something I found just, like, insane about kangaroos is they can have, like, a young in their pouch but also have, like, another one in there in, like, diapause, which is, like, almost, like, hibernation. So, oh. Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know. So, like... So you're saying that kangaroos can, hiber- hi- like, hibernate? In well, the Well, young can. So, like, they'll okay. have one, like, like, like how young? Like, yeah, like, how, like, how young? Like, it's, like, it's, it's yeah, it's still okay, developing. Okay, that makes sense, like, that's, like, how the marsupial... Yeah. But I just like, think gives it's, birth and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy to have, like... Two, two in there. But yeah, like one is, will be yeah, developing, and then the other will just be like sitting there, not doing anything. <laughs> just chilling. Yeah. Um, and in Aboriginal culture, um, the like Aboriginals will like hunt these kangaroos for like it's like seen as like a prized like food source because it's so like protein. It has so much protein. Yeah. In it. And um, also, they're like the Aboriginals will use their pelts, like their skin, for like. Um, like rugs, mats, and like 
shoes and handbags. So, yeah. And also, in Aboriginal culture, they're, like, seen as, like, a creator spirit, and they're also, like, a totemic, like, Which, we could, we could tell so many stories about, it, like, how our animals connect with Dreamtime. Yeah. But not only is there so many, but I know there's another uh, podcast available that's going to be digging into those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is right. still good to mention yeah. how important dream time is between connecting the animals yeah. and the humans. Yeah. Definitely. It's really cool. Uh very similar to how kangaroos are running rampant are the rabbits. Uh rabbits were are an invasive species and they're still a pretty big problem. They cause crop destruction, uh land erosion and uh other general overpopulation issues. They were first introduced when the first settlers came to Australia in 1788 with the first fleet that landed on the... Oh, man, I think it was the southwestern coast, but I can't quite remember. Uh, Other than that, they're just a big general pest, and to try and combat this, the Australian government ended up making what is called the rabbit-proof fence, which, while unsuccessful, is still a large part of Australian history. And there's portions of the fence that actually relate to kangaroos and emus, as we'll talk about. Um, Rabbits also have no natural predators in Australia, as they are an invasive species. Uh, However, they are hunted quite regularly, and wild dogs will occasionally uh, help take part in reducing the population. Uh, The Australian government has tried many other ways, such as infecting the population with a virus that did decimate it, but they have since recovered and have grown resilient to the virus. Uh, Rabbits overgraze as very similar to chickens. As long as they have a food source, they will eat and they will reproduce. However, this overgrazing leads to land erosion, which uh, is simply just the destruction of root systems within the ground, which leads to rainwater uh, washing the sand away. Or, as we've seen in America, things like the Dust Bowl, where if there's Mm. not enough root system in the ground, the dirt and sand will simply just get picked up and moved elsewhere. Uh, There's not a lot connecting rabbits specifically to Aboriginal Australians, but rabbits are such a symbol for the Australian settlers that I think it was enough to still connect them to it, Uh, such as more recent Aboriginal art pieces include the fence in it. And one of the ones that I found really powerful was one where it showed the fence going through natural walkways that aboriginals and animals would use. And the commentary on it by the aboriginal painter was about how this fence is a symbol of destruction of the culture and people because it's doing this. It is overriding their history. And in mentioning that, I think it's also important to mention that during or around the time of construction was the whole eugenics process that the Australian government was trying to go through with in erasing and breeding out aboriginals. And so 
in all of this, I think it's a really good connection and symbolism of rabbits to the rabbit-proof fence for the uh, aboriginals and that constant struggle between them and these uh, European settlers. And so while there is not a direct historical or cultural connection, I think there is a symbolism of the rabbit for history with aboriginals. Nice. Okay, so the emu is a flightless species of bird native to Australia as well as Tasmania, Kangaroo Island, and King Island. Um, the King Island subspecies became extinct um, shortly after, or I think during 1788. The legend uh, in relation to the Aboriginal culture, the relation to Aboriginal culture and, and, and the emu is that there's a story about how, um, I can't remember exa the exact details, but um, somebody got their arms and legs cut off, turned into a bird, and uh, I mean, that was, you know, bing, bang, boom story. Yeah, I, I remember you mentioning it the uh, other day or earlier, it was a guy got a boomerang thrown at him and it cut off his arms. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was... Um, I think as punishment turned into an emu. And, yeah, or, and just, like, or just naturally over time, like how we saw with the koala. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so emus can travel up at speeds of up to like 30 miles per hour. They forage a variety of plants and insects that have been known and have been known to go for weeks without eating. Uh, they do drink infrequently and take in copious amounts of water when the opportunity arises. Their mating periods are in May and June, and the females are known to fight amongst each other over a mate. Um, a female will lay several times, or will mate several times and lay several clutches of eggs in one season. Uh, the male does the incubation, and during this process, he hardly eats or drinks and loses a lot of, a lot of weight. Um, the eggs hatch around eight weeks. The young are nurtured by their fathers and they reach full size after around six months. Hmm. Uh, the emu is a cultural, is an important cultural icon of Australia. It has, a, um, as such, appearing on the coat of arms and various coins. Uh, the bird is pro prominently indigenous, uh, prominently featured in, uh, in indigenous Australian mythology. Uh, at one point in time, and you know, similar to the rabbit epidemic, uh, there was, I think back in 1932, uh, something called the Emu War. Um, it was a nuisance wildlife management military operation that undertaken in Australia over the later part of 1932 to address the public concern over the number of emus said to be destroying crops in the campaign, Campion District of Western Australia. Um, this campaign was unsuccessful for the most part in trying to curb the population of emus as they were destroying farmland and uh, preventing the growth of crops for farmers. Um, this operation was mostly carried out by the Royal Australian Artillery, um, soldiers armed with Lewis guns, um, leading them to adopt the name the Emu War. Um, a number of birds were killed, but the total, the, the Emu population just still persisted and continued to cause crop destruction. It really seems like the Australian government has had so many hard 
fought battles and failures at trying to curb like just various like species pests. of like pest pestilent yeah. animals. Whether it be rabbits, emus, I mean I mean even kangaroos. Yeah, I feel like yeah. everything is just everything a pest. in Australia. <laughs> Like, the, everybody talks about how, like, Australia has some of the deadliest animals, yeah. and it's funny to think about how, for the population as a whole, the deadliest animals are the ones destroying crops. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I've known, a, I've, I went to, I was, I was in Australia for, like, eight, eight months, like, five years ago, but um, there is a season, and it has nothing to do with, uh, with um, emus, but I feel like it is worth bringing up because spiders can also be a form of pest at times mm -hmm. and uh with the whole thing about how everything in australia is trying to kill you well there are there are spiders that grow up to be i mean just huge huge and there will be mass amounts of them and they will leave spider webs over park benches stretching on trees i mean it looks like you're walking into a spider's nest but it's in the middle of a park i mean why anybody wants to live in Australia just blows my mind, honestly. I'm surprised that people even live there at all. I mean, <laughs> everything, I feel like every, literally everything's trying to kill you, whether it's destroying crops or it's trying to actually kill you directly. I mean, it's like living in Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the history of emus um, dates back to when they were first reported as having been seen by Europeans when explorers visited the western coast of Australia in 1696. Um, the first person, or the first European to spot this during this year was Willem Vlambleh. Yeah. Vlambleh. I'll just call him Vlad. William de Vlad. That's not his actual name, but I'm not pronouncing that word. Um, credit or not. I, I want credit, but I, I just, I, I don't want to bridge. Anyway, um, he was searching for survivors of a ship that had gone missing two years earlier. Uh, the birds were known to were known on the east coast before 1788, and the first Europeans settled there. Um, I'm going to quote a. Um, I think this is an excerpt from something called the New Holland Cassowary um, in Arthur Phillips' Voyage to Botany Bay. Uh, published in 1789 with the following description. It says, This is a species dif differing in many particulars from that generally, no generally known. It is a much larger bird, standing higher on its legs and having the neck longer than the common one. Total length 7 feet 2 inches, the bill is not greatly different from that of the common cassowary. But the horn, horny appendage or, or helmet on top of the head in this species is totally wanting. Uh, the whole of the head and neck is also covered with feathers except the throat and forepart of the neck about halfway. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff. I don't want to get into that. Um, but needless to say, this is um, back around this time. I feel like the explorers definitely found this bird to be physically and visually interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a very... I mean, for somebody who hasn't... Bird. I mean, for a European explorer that had not seen that type of bird before, yeah. I mean, Europeans were in Africa, colonizing Africa for, you know, around this time, too. They've seen ostriches and a bunch of other stuff, but, I mean, I feel like they were pretty visually intrigued at the sight of an ostrich. Right. Just... Or not ostrich, I'm sorry, the emu. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you... Uh, find most interesting when you were looking up stuff about the emu? So, 
I'd have to say the, the number of different names from Aboriginal cultures is what I found most interesting because normally I feel like in a bunch of just different cultures around the world, you always got that a one native name yeah. for one species of animal. You know, like for years the koala. Right. Um, but I mean, between the koala and the kangaroo, there are a bunch of other different names. Yeah. For each of them. There is like the main one, is but there? then there's. Yeah. Well, with the e- with the emu, it's like there there really isn't a main one. Yeah. Because like amongst amongst like the different tribes in Australia, the like Aborigines, it was all one name or is another name, and but I feel like maybe a kangaroo and a koala were all universally known by. Those. One, sure. uh, one yeah. of those names, yeah. sure. more yeah. commonly right. than the others. Yeah. Whereas like the emu was just like, you know, one culture called it one thing, the other culture called it another. And um, I think I got some of the names here. Let me get these pulled up. Um, so in Victoria, for instance, um, some of the, the names for the emu was a something, uh, Barimal, Barimal, in the... Dija Dija were wrong language. I feel I feel guilty for butchering that. Um, Mior and Miore and Gunai and C O U R N. Yeah. Do I have to? Uh, no, I mean we're good. <laughs> okay, and uh, Jarwad Jali. Um, so Gunai is the is a dialect of the uh, one of the Aboriginal languages. Uh, same with the. Um, Didja, Didja, well, wrong language. Um, See, so yeah, like I was saying, you know, there's different names, and like yeah. even, and even, it even goes down to like the flipping dialect. Uh, but that's what I found most interesting. Yeah. It's like how there's like a bunch of different names yeah. for just. I think that was a lot one. of good information, and I think we've all. Are there any like ending comments we have? I don't think so. I'm really like. I guess I would say pleased with, like, the different animals that we chose because a lot of people know, like, about these animals, but they don't know or do the research right. that we did and the extent that yeah. we did about how they interacted with Aboriginal people and, like, in the Dreamtime stories. And I wish we could have done some more of the... Uh, not to say any of our animals weren't interesting, but, like, stuff that right. people know more about and probably could have been... A little more excited about or even stuff that was more unheard of yeah Yeah. uh but yeah so i think we're all good here yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh thank you for listening to our podcast uh this was mara ryan andrew and matthew